Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Welcome back to another episode of How the Grades Do It. I have my friend and sales leader, Artivon Moyer. He is with DreamFinder Homes, area sales manager. Artivon, appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Uh, Tyler, it's great to be here. Um, I love, you know, anytime I can get on and uh, offer some insight and, and share some knowledge. Um, we're, we're friends, but also, you know, in, in this fast paced world, there's, there's tons to share and, and tons of stories to, um, you know, help everybody out there in, in sales leadership and to, to see what ideas are out there. Yeah. You are not lying there, man. I'd love to hear a little bit about like your background and, you know, how you really got to where you are today. Um, so just starting off to, to make it shorter than long, um, yeah, my family's always been in real estate. Um, my aunt was a predominant uh, new home sales counselor for about 30 years. Um, so we've kind of always been involved in some type of new home sales. Um, after my soccer career and in college, I got into um, some some flipping of homes, some helping of a, of a friend who who was doing quick flips. That was that was the market at the time and, and understanding contracts and um, kind of getting into the nitty gritty of the real estate market, which led me into working for a law firm, um, where I ran operations, um, and kind of didn't get into real estate really again until a few years later where, uh, I started looking over some contracts and, um, had some discussions with people looking to buy shopping centers and big, big commercial properties. And, and, you know, the, the personality and the, um, the ability just to connect with people kind of led me to run into conversations over and over where people were like, Hey, you need to get into real estate. You need to get into real estate. So I made the leap um, about six or seven years ago, went over to a big builder, got into sales. Um, one thing led to another, came over to DreamFinders, um, which I followed our leadership at Pulte over to DreamFinders and then um, got promoted. And uh, we've just been rocking and rolling ever since. Yeah, no, man, I love that. And I love to hear like, how you really made the, you know, obviously made the transition to real estate, but you know, a lot of times and in my experience, right? Like it's usually somebody sees something in you. I'm just say like, Hey, like you're a future leader. Like, did that happen with you? Or was it like a natural transition since you had already really been in a leadership sort of role? So, um, by nature, I'm an athlete, I'm a soccer player. So, you know, putting in the extra effort and being an overachiever is kind of in my blood. Um, yeah. I would say that my, my manager at the time always used to tell me, hey, you ask too many questions. Hey, you're trying to find <laughs> this information. Um, just sell the home. And I found that interesting because I learned you know, later on that salespeople were not digging into the details, were not building the relationships the same way that I was. Um, and about a year and a half into it, you know, they were like, hey, we're going to groom you for management. Um, you're destined for great things. And I didn't know what that meant at the time, but um, you know, I guess – wanting more and, and asking those questions gave them confidence. And, um, the feedback they got from my colleagues and other people that I've dealt with was, Hey, this guy needs to be in leadership. You know, we're wasting our time keeping him on the sales floor. Um, and they offered me a position and I took it. Yeah, no, man, I love that. And I think it's a, it's an attestment to you and you know, your work ethic because right, like, I think sometimes it's just you work a little bit harder and a little bit smarter than other people. And that sometimes gives you the edge or the um, the ability to then uh, get seen by others. Right. Yeah. It's really just opportunity. Right. It's, you know, somebody giving you a chance and believing in you and then you turning around and, and making something of it. Um, 
because obviously, you know, your confidence and your your belief in yourself isn't always there right at the beginning because you're like, why, why, why do they want this? You know, what, what are they seeing that I don't see? Um, but I think for me, it's knowledge. You know, the, the more you know about something, the more you can contribute. And, and, you know, we believe in, you know, leading by from a supportive standpoint and some type of what they call servant leadership. Um, yeah. And it, and it goes a long way because, you know, people reciprocate that. So you build good relationships along the way. No, Absolutely. And right, like I think you you hit on something, right? It's like that seek for knowledge, right? Like that that seek to understand. I call it seek to understand, right? Like whether that's in business, whether that's in your relationship, whether that's um, with with friends, right? Like if you always sit in the seek to understand, you're, you're going to ask good questions, right? It's um, you're going to naturally come come off caring and and try to understand the viewpoint of the other person, and I think that's only going to make you better overall as a person as a husband as a father and and in a hundred percent in business yeah absolutely i think one of the biggest things about sales leadership and and just understanding how to lead others is you have to understand the other person or the other situation um and listening comes in and, and you you almost have to start first by absorbing a lot of information and learning what it is that that person is saying um, so that you can lead them in the right path because everybody is different. Every leadership style is different. And, you know, one is not right and one is not wrong. But at the end of the day, you have to understand the other side so that you can guide them the proper way. 100%. So, you know, you bring you bring it up, right? Like managing a team, right? Not always the easiest thing to do, especially if you're if you're new to a role or even if you've been at a company now for a little bit and you're starting to bring in new people, like what are some of the tips that you have for leaders out there to really efficiently manage your team and keep the morale where you need it to be? And, um, right. Like at the end of the day, right. If we're not selling, we're, you know, we're not doing our jobs. I think, um, there's different layers. There's different facets to that question. I think, um, I interview very often, so I'm constantly interviewing salespeople. Um, and I do it in a little unorthodox of a way. Sometimes I just make it a phone call, and I kind of just hang out with them on the phone just to see how their casual conversation is because yeah. it's less likely that they can fake that or be out of character um, in just a conversation. And secondly, when mm-hmm. I see them face to face, it's usually at a coffee shop. Um, I love that. We just, we just talk. You know, they, I tell them, I'm like, you don't need to wear a suit. Don't come hand me your resume. You know, your LinkedIn is what I'm looking at anyway. Um, and if your LinkedIn isn't sharp, I don't even give them the, the time of day, which I, I wish wasn't the case. But in today's world, in the corporate world, your your LinkedIn is your your live resume, um, and so I, I use that approach. And you know, I can get to see a person without really knowing them in that environment a lot easier than if I, they were come to the office wearing a suit, saying all the right things, rehearsing their answers. It's it's not as natural. So you know, I've I've probably hired you know over thirty or forty people in the last couple of years, and high turnover rate, mainly because, you know, I try to get to know the person, I try to get to know what they're going through in their life, and the type of person they are, you know, athletes, bartenders, people that have hustle mentalities, usually are more forthcoming and show their their colors quicker. And you're able to gauge, you know, as a leader, you, you don't want to tell someone what to do or be a dictator, you want to support them and have them trust you. So they can come to you and say, hey, listen, my sales are low, but I've done X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm killing myself every day for 12 hours. 
there's something else going on. What what do I need to do? And it's a it's a it's a symbiotic relationship as opposed to people saying, "Hey, I'm not hitting my goal. I don't have the sales. What do you want me to do about it?" It's two different mentalities and 100%. you know, leadership styles are different. So some people are are harder on certain situations than others, but at the end of the day, I think if you're just genuine and and you communicate as a leader what it is you have to do because I have people I have to answer to and I have higher ups that are that are looking at numbers and different things, then mm-hmm. they understand what it is that we need to um, do together. So I, I think it's just creating that that back and forth. No, I right. I love that, right? Like bringing people to a coffee shop and getting them out of an element of the office, all right, or putting the perfect face on, right? Like I love, I love the realness there, um, and I think that's why you and I get along so well, you know, apart, right? Like I'd love to hear what you look for as you bring someone to that coffee shop. Like, what are some char- characteristics that you're looking for in a really successful salesperson, um, and maybe someone that does hasn't had a ton of sales experience. Um, but looking to somewhat build that, build that repertoire. So, you know, in real estate there, you have two different sides. You have people that have never done this before that are kind of just trying to get their feet wet. And then you have people that are super experienced. One is not better than the other, but I would say that as a leader, you know, sometimes I'll go to the coffee shop and I'll see them and, and I know that's the person and I'll completely ignore them and walk right by them just to see how they, how they react in an uncomfortable situation. Um, mm-hmm. other, other, other times, you know, they're there early, which most people are, um, they have their notebook out, their laptop, their resume, they're ready to hit the ground running. And the more, the more official and proper they are, the, the less I am just to throw them off because in sales and in leadership, you have to be able to think on your feet and you have yeah. to be, you have to be ready for almost anything and you have to stay calm and collect collective throughout the process. So I kind of do that. And and my counterpart, my manager, who's also with me most of the time, she finds it hilarious because she's like, you're just flying off the cuff and, and, and adjusting it based on what they do. And I said, absolutely. It could be a, you know, older, older gentleman who's in a suit, who's super polished, ready to do an interview. And I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I'm like, Hey, let's go walk around the building. (laughs) Because Think about it. You're selling a house to you don't know who with what life experience. Yeah. You can walk around the building with me and just have a conversation. You're more likely to be successful in an awkward situation when you're selling a model home as opposed to if you're just sitting at a desk. So that's one of the layers. Um, And I I think life experience is huge, right? You, you, You cannot and you will not find somebody who has faced adversity, who's dealt with a lot of things in their life who it doesn't have some type of success, you know, because it builds resilience and in sales, you're going to have the ebb and flow regardless of what you're selling. There's going to be good times where you're super elated. There's going to be other times where you're down and you're, you're hard on yourself. And I think being able to navigate that shows whether you can be a real success or not, because that's the determining factor. And there's been times where salespeople, you know, are down on themselves and then they fall out and then they leave the career and they just can't make a recovery. But if you put them in those situations early on and you create that relationship, nine times out of 10, you know how they're going to react. And that's, that's yeah. the real bread and butter of, you know, what makes someone good at sales and, and how you lead that person to be more successful. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you had mentioned somebody 
um, you know, you mentioned somebody facing adversity and like how they come through that into that, like, and make it either shapes the person in a better way or, or, you know, they give up, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so you can see that, um, that growth in that person, like, I'd love to hear from your side, right? Maybe there is a, uh, a time that you had a setback in your life and, and you were able to maybe turn it into a learning experience. Um, but I'd love to hear from your, your point there. If, if something happened to help yeah. shape you into the salesperson and leader that you are now. I mean, there's a number of things. Um, there's there's stuff that's act- actively going on right now um, that that I'm dealing with. But I think for me, it's always been having mental strength and mental clarity. Um, you know, I, growing up, I wanted to be a professional soccer player without knowing really yeah. what that entailed. Um, being injured while playing semi-pro, not even really having my shot, was was an early setback as an adolescent. And yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 really your surroundings and the people around you that that give you that hope and that that ability to move forward. And I think it's 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 a mentality, right? You know, I have salespeople that call me when they don't make a sale for a month and they're down on themselves and they're they're beating themselves up. And sometimes I'm like, listen, the more negative you negativity you bring into this, the worse it's going to get. You know, stay positive and yep. you know pu- push through it and develop that mental toughness you know like like myself there's been times where i've had odd jobs you know when as i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life and Mm -hmm. i've been let go of jobs with no explanation like i know i'm doing a good job the 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 paperwork shows i'm doing a good job and then you just decide to to let let a group of people go and i never understood it but i spent about five minutes thinking on it gathered myself and i was like you know what this isn't going to stop me i'm going to keep pushing forward because you either have that or you don't when it comes in sales. You can't teach yeah. the, that ability. Like you either have that that grit mentality or you don't. And I I bring it back to athletics as, you know, just because of my background, but I think being able to overcome things, being able to deal with hardships, those all are small ingredients that equate to a successful leader, an accessible individual, whatever the field it is that you're in. Yeah. You know, you bring up a really good point, right? Like it's, it's this mindset of, uh, of mental toughness, right? And, and it's this grit mentality. And I think you're right. Like either people have it or they don't, but I'd love to think about, or think about, you know, it's, I don't think it's something we're born with, right? I think it's something that you build over time, right? Like, but it's, it's a mindset of being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you, Absolutely. you, you like you have to be comfortable with that, and and it's changing your mindset. So do you do you think you know? There's people. Out, I think there's people out there that are gonna listen to this and say, "Man, I'm like, I'm not one of those people. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that." Um, and those people, right? Like they they won't change, right? But do you think there's the person that doesn't necessarily have it, but they can they build it, right? Can they build that mental toughness? Yeah into a muscle that like will help push them and, and, um, and help them rise to the top. Yeah. So that's a great question. So the way I think of that is, so growing up, you have your parents, your family, your brothers or sisters, you have the influence around you. That's your sphere, right? As an adult, let's say you are one of those people that doesn't have it as an adult, your friends, the people you hang out with, those are your sphere now. So for someone to not have it and to try to gain it, they have to almost submit to the people around them that are successful, that do have it, that are trying to mentor them or give them some insight. 
and they have to want it because like like the saying you can you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink so yeah you know as as you get older as you're an adult once you're in a situation where now your parents and your family members no longer influence you your sphere of influence is your friends and the people yeah. that are doing either what you want to be doing or what you know you hope to be doing and that's where that person can change i say you know what i'm going to take this person as the mentor and I'm going to listen to what they say and I'm going to try and develop a different type of thinking and ability to overcome anything that gets in my way. Um, reading really helps. You know, I, I read a lot and I don't do it anymore, but back in the day I used to read a lot and yeah. you hear these stories and you're like, man, how did they overcome that? How did they do this? But you can see common denominators in everything where, you know, they have a mentor or they have somebody in their life influencing them heavily, which I did. You know, I, one of my soccer trainers was a family friend who, you know, at 16, 17 years old, took me under his wing. He was self-made, retired at 30. I wanted his life. He had everything. Everything was paid off. He he was comfortable and he was only 30 years old. But what I didn't know is what he had gone through in his life. Um, so I only got the good version and, and the good pieces. But every time there was a setback, it was, all right, how am I going to overcome this? How am I going to have a solution for this? And it just piggybacked onto everything else that happened in my life. So I do think it's possible, but that person has to come forward and seek that, that guidance so that somebody can lead them in that direction. It can't just be out in the air and happen on its own. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on there. Spot on. Man, I'd love to hear from you when it comes to like your, your reps, like your salespeople are meeting with people, different people from day to day. And I'd love to hear like, I'm going to actually restart. So um, does the approach change, right? When it comes to different, like people, different kind of people are coming to buy homes every single day. Does the approach change from client to client? Or I would say like, is it somewhat of the same every single time? So that's, that's a, there's two parts to that. So it is always the same, but it's also not. And what I mean by that is, so you're always going to like, you and I don't go out looking at model homes on the weekends for sport. Yeah. Right. So if someone's <laughs> in the door, there's a reason, right? You don't right. know the reason. And what's the fastest way to get to that reason? So what we call it in our industry is current dissatisfaction. So if, you know, if, if, for example, simple terms, you have a husband and wife who have two kids and they're having a third and now both of them work from home and they live in a three bedroom house. Yep. That's, that's a situ circumstantial you know, situation where you have to make an adjustment and you don't really have a choice. So people coming in the door definitely are interested in the house. So you have the same, they come in with some type of dissatisfaction. The, what changes is how you approach the individuals to get the information. Because okay. you have sales reps that approach everything the same and you can't approach it all the same. The reason they're there might be the same, there is some dissatisfaction, but you can't approach them all the same way because you're you're dealing with a stranger, first of all. Yep. They're coming in for information. They don't want to tell you their life story. So you're going to have to pull it out of them so that you know what it is you're helping them with. You have and to know the person. Absolutely. Ab absolutely. So, you, so it, it, there's an art to understanding, like, how can I help this current circumstance or this certain person in this moment? Because they're not here just bored looking at houses. There's a reason mm -hmm. they're here. And I always tell people, statistically, if somebody likes you, they buy from you. 
if 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 you go to a restaurant, you get superb service, and it's a place you already like. You're gonna want to go back and recommend that person if they leave a good mark on you. It's like it's like that anywhere yeah. else, and we've noticed that on top of doing all of the you know CRM and follow up and all that stuff, that stuff let's just say that's consistent. The one variable that's gonna change is gonna be how well you get along with that person and how easily you transition into the conversation of what it is, what is your need right now, you know, and what is it that I can help you with and let me get you there the way you want to get there. So it's, it's, it's both, right? It is always the same thing. You're always chasing the same thing. Like why? But how you do it, how you get there, that's just an art form. You have to be able to, to shape shift and into being, you know, someone who asks a lot of questions and is able to help. Because there's a lot of times where I'm sure we all have seen it. You know, they just dump information like, hey, this house has 10-foot ceilings and four bedrooms. Yeah. You know, you're looking for a four-bedroom. Does this fit your lifestyle? And the person's like, man, my mother-in-law is moving in with me. How do I tell this guy that, <laughs> you know? So I think it's just it's a, it's an ongoing learning um, of how to deal with people but in the end, if if the people like you, they're gonna probably buy from you. Yeah, no, I love that, right? Like, and you brought it up, right? There's a, there's an art um, to sales, and so how do you coach your reps into helping um, helping them uh, helping them have their persona or the person that's coming to buy like them? So. There's there's the the simple training and all that 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 is like national that we put on um, that goes over cool. you know how to ask questions and the 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 regular stuff is what I call it like the stuff that is supposed to help them the training that's there but more I just I I like to have conversations you know like sometimes I'll listen in um, to to their pitch and I'll say you know you did a great job but you don't really know anything about them and. Yeah. We use something that I learned at, uh, at Pulte when I worked there called Measure. And it, it's an acronym that stands for M being their motivation, why are they even there, E being their emotions, have they gone to 10 other builders and they're, they're upset because the salespeople suck, you know, their ability, <laughs> have they been pre-qualified, do they have good jobs, can they even afford a new house, yeah. S being status, their status you know, are they looking to buy a house with their buddy and they want to see who's got the biggest yard? You know, is that their status? You being their urgency, you know, do they need this now? Is this happening now? Is, is the wife nine months pregnant? They have to do it now. Or is yeah. it, you know, or, or is it a one year timeline? So I won't go into all of them, but that's basically what I go over with my salespeople saying, if that person leaves and you can answer all those questions, you did a good job. But if you don't know all these, how, how do you expect that person to feel comfortable buying, giving a light, a commitment to buying a house from you if you don't ask those questions? And the good ones, I will tell you, it happens naturally. It's not just a con- back and forth. It's natural. It's a conversation yeah. like, hey, you know, you came in. It's a Saturday. Did you watch the college football game? Yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, my son lives up there. He's actually moving back. You're just getting information and you're you're holding it in. And then once you're ready to explain why this community is good or why why you should buy, it all comes together. Um, and that that's the art form. But really, yeah. I, I have them focus on asking the right questions and doing way more listening than talking. 
if you're talking more, I always tell them, I'm like, if you're talking more and it clicks and you're like, man, I've been talking for 20 minutes, you need to say, whoa, let me start asking some questions. No, I love that, right? Like, um, spot on there, right? When you're doing really successful discovery, most of the time you're not the one talking, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it should be almost an 80-20. You're, yep. you're asking really great questions and listening. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's forgotten about. Absolutely. It, it happens far too much. Yeah. You know, you mentioned LinkedIn being um, such a powerful tool for you and how you're evaluating reps. Like, or do you see reps uh, or, you know, salespeople using LinkedIn the wrong way? And like, how would you recommend that people use LinkedIn? So, you know, over the past couple of years, I've, I've seen a trend that realtors are, you know, posting their houses and posting articles and doing all that, which is great. Um, yeah. But I think it's there's a little bit of branding there that people are unaware of, you know, from from the corporate level, you know, when I want to hire somebody, I'm I'm shooting a LinkedIn link, you know, via text to our higher ups and saying, hey, this is the person I'm bringing on. Got any thoughts or anything? And they're they're hitting it with a quick glance. Um, yep. At the, at the end of the day, you know, they're they're going to hit the marks that are needed to be hit. But, you know, you want to see are, are they branding themselves? Is this someone that represents the company or the position the way you want it to? I've got, you know, I get resumes all day long and, and I go on their LinkedIn and I'm like, they've got three followers. They've never posted anything about real estate. And, and there's so much vagueness in their description and what they do that I'm like, if I, if I'm confused, just looking at this, I'm not even going to have a conversation with you because our industry is in high demand. It is, you know, highly sought after and I have 40 agents right now and all of them fit, you know, within what we believe in and they're good people and they believe in the same stuff and their LinkedIn's are halfway decent. I wouldn't say perfect, but they're halfway decent, but (laughs) it it would be way too hard for me to bring someone on. And I'm not saying there's not good salespeople that, that, you know, they might not have LinkedIn makes them a bad salesperson. That's not what I'm saying. But your first impression and how you represent yourself on the platform that right now is used by a lot of realtors and a lot of real estate agencies is crucial because it's your first impression. You know, I don't, I don't give my phone number out. I tell them, Hey, are we go on LinkedIn? Let's, let's add. I was on the airplane two weeks ago and some lady was like, yeah, I run a nursing home facility, but I used to do sales for 30 years. I talked to her for two and a half hours, the whole flight as my wife was like, why are you talking to a stranger? (laughs) At the end of it, I said, you know what? You would do phenomenal in new home sales. Your personality yeah. is infectious. You've got six people sitting around us listening to you talk. Let me see your LinkedIn. Went on. We added a link. We became LinkedIn friends. And it was just it was just natural, you know. And, and now I have a friend on LinkedIn. And if I ever did want to pursue her, that would be an appropriate way to do it. Um, yeah. So it's just it's, – it's, it's tough right now because not everybody sees the value there. But – from our perspective and leadership, we're looking for that because there's Facebook, there's Instagram, but those are, there's a lot of paid ads there and it's, it's a whole different division. It's marketing. It goes into a whole different thing. Whereas LinkedIn is still personal. It's branding. And you know, it's, you, you can do a lot more than people think with Like I've sold a house off LinkedIn before just by a post. Um, Love it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're spot on, right? There, right? You have Facebook and Instagram, but I think of those more as like your personal, your personal branding, right? And but LinkedIn gives you the opportunity to tell a story, and so many people don't take advantage of being able to tell that story. Think about it as your person. 
I don't think about it as <clears throat> another social media site. I think about it as the landing page of Tyler. Like, mm-hmm. if you should be able to go to my page and understand, like, what does Tyler do and what does what does the story that Tyler wants to tell? And if that's not clear, you haven't done a good job on your LinkedIn. Absolutely. Yeah, it's your business. It's your business. It's like your business card. It's a business yeah. professional platform and it's used for other things. And, and, you know, over the past couple of years, I will say the real estate market has really taken advantage of it, but some people are just using it to post homes and it, it's, it's empty. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing there. Whereas others it's, you know, I have a, just earlier today, I saw a guy filled out an application. I got a ding on my phone. I went on his LinkedIn and I mean, he looks like a high level executive. He's got like tons of followers great articles, clean cut. Even his story is good on his LinkedIn. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to jump on a call with this guy because my first impression is healthy. And unfortunately, I could get on the same call with somebody whose LinkedIn is like untouched and they don't pay attention to it. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't be as good, but the likelihood is is there that they're not going to be as sharp or as, as, much of an overachiever and, and hustler as someone who does have it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, any advice that you would give to like aspiring leaders, like maybe that there's a rep out there that's, you know, just a single producer and they, and they want to get more into that leadership type of realm, like any advice you'd give them? Yeah. Two things. Um, one, gain as much knowledge as you can on any particular field or, you know, whatever attributes, anything you can think of that would help you in your field, gain the knowledge. Um, and secondly, yeah. be solution oriented. I think that mm. a lot of times I have reps that could be managers. And what we find is, you know, they they don't know how to find solutions. They're going to harp on the problems. Um, and yeah. as a leader, I think you have to be solution minded. It's I don't have time to, to listen to the story for 20 minutes about why you got to where you're at. I need to know, I need to be able to provide you the solution within five minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I lead. I tell my team, I'm like, you know, I don't, uh, I love when I hear, you know, other leaders, they pick up the phone, they spend five minutes talking about how the person's day went and tell me how we got to this point. And, and that those things are all great, but a lot of the same stuff repeats in our industry. So nine times out of 10, I can, you know, pull the information I need just from a quick conversation and say, all right, so what's the solution here? What, what can we do to fix this? They're either upset, something happened, we're missing something. It's their fault. It's our fault, whatever the case may be. What's the solution? And I feel like good leaders need to really hark up upon that aspect of you need to think in a solution minded way and be able to get to that solution quickly. So, you know, future leaders is have the knowledge because knowledge is power without knowledge. You can't really do anything. And be able to get to a solution quickly because that's what companies pay for. That's what leaders look for in good sales reps, you know, be solution oriented. I love that, man. I've got one last question for you. And, um, you know, when you leave this earth, right. Or this life, right. Like how do you want people to remember you? Um, I would say, um, reliable, consistent, um, and, and just, you know, someone who, who kind of just never held back. Um, I, I think people would say I'm a very blunt person. Um, and, and I love I, that I about you. I don't, I don't mind that. You know, I always tell people, my salespeople, I say, you never have to worry about what I'm thinking because I'm going to tell you. Um, yeah. 
so I think just just being an overall good person, but you know the little the little nit nitpicky items. I think I'm I'm always straightforward. I'm always very blunt, um, and I'm consistent. You know, in everything I do, I try to be as consistent as I can. Yeah, man, I love that. Artvon, man, I appreciate you jumping on with us today. Of man, course. this is I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of great things out of this. And man, this is another episode of How the Greats Do It.